Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode of Trail Tales ARP, I just want to take care of a few housekeeping items. If you are a frequent or occasional visitor to the Trail Tales ARP website, you may have noticed that it's no longer on the web. That's because the website was due for renewal, and you know what, as much as I enjoy having the website, I just couldn't justify the cost to keep it going. Um, especially when we have free platforms such as Instagram and Facebook. So moving ahead, I'll be posting articles and content to the Facebook page. So if you haven't done so, find us and like us on Facebook at Trail Tales ARP. And don't forget the ARP. And you can also find us on Instagram. And by us, I mean me. <laughs> Secondly, you may have noticed I haven't released a show in a few weeks. And my regular listeners will know that I usually produce a weekly episode. However, I've been running at my maximum bandwidth for a while now. Uh, between working on my bachelor's degree, hosting the podcast, getting my Canacross company off the ground, there's been unprecedented downstaffing at my paramedic service. We're regularly operating at 50% or less of our capacity. And of course, being a dad has me stretched pretty thin. So right now I'm enjoying a few weeks of the smaller workload as my summer semester ended on August 8th and I'm not due to start up again with the academics until September 7th. So I'm going to decrease the frequency of podcast episodes to either bi-weekly or monthly for now. Um, I may do a short episode without a guest and then an episode with a guest and alternate between those two formats. We'll see how it goes. So with all of that, I do want to share with you how excited I am about getting my company Canadian Canacross Sports off the ground. I have several amazing women helping me bring this dream to life. First, my wonderful wife Leah, who is there for me to bounce ideas off of and provide me with tech and marketing support. There's Sue Joy, a professional dog trainer and avid canacrosser. Her dogs do amazing things. Um, she's going to be my co-instructor, which is super exciting. Uh, Muriel Ovenden and Chantal Venot, um, great accomplished canacrossers. They've been a wealth of knowledge and provided me with great feedback on the development of my Learn to Canacross program and continue to be a great source of information for me. And then finally, Hannah Sign. I can't say enough about how amazing Hannah has been on this journey. Hannah is a local gym owner here in our quaint town of Shelburne, Ontario. Not only is she a pillar in our small business community, but her desire also to simply help people is inexhaustible. She offers free run groups and running clinics to our community, and they are available to anyone. So you don't even have to be a member of her gym, Town Fitness, to join. She's an ultra runner and dog lover and has won many ride and tie races. You know the races where you run with a horse for long distances? Yeah, those. So when I approached Hannah with the Canacross idea, we met up for a run and she hooked up to Piper and fell in love with the sport. Without Hannah's business expertise and support, Canadian Canacross sports would still be an idea and a bunch of files on my computer. But on August 28th, we'll be hosting an in-person Canacross demo and information session for any runners or dog lovers who would like to learn more about the sport. And in September, we'll be hosting our first Learn to Canacross program that will take place over the course of six weeks. If you're in Dufferin County or surrounding area, it would be great to see you there. Now on to the interview with the wonderfully inspirational Josh Folk. Hey, this is ultra runner Michael McLean. Hey, this is Alex Maycock. Hey, this is Brittany Jackson. You're listening to Trail Tales, a running podcast with Sean Sovon. Run wild. From the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild.
everybody. Welcome once again to Trail Tales of Running Podcast. It has been a short while and I have Josh Falk on the other end of the line here with me. And Josh has an incredible story. First off, I want to introduce Josh as a, he's a volunteer firefighter with the St. Elmo Volunteer Fire Department in the great state of Illinois. Josh started his journey weighing in at 425 pounds, maybe a little bit more. He's lost a ton of weight. He is a regular participant in triathlons. Josh has an article that features him in the spring edition of the all-new Firefighter Lifestyle and Health magazine called Crackle. And you can check that out online. You can see Josh's story there. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. So happy to have you here. So uh, let's start off, Josh, with let's go a little bit before your journey, I guess. So when you were walking around at 425 pounds, you know, what what was life like for you then? Were you were you a volunteer firefighter at that point in your life, or how did all that kind of come together for you? I wasn't a volunteer firefighter at the time. I actually had a very stationary desk job to where I sat around and worked on drafting and uh, engineering projects and that. But uh, I was very stationary. I wasn't okay. moving. I, I joke the furthest I, uh, I I ran was from the from my chair to the fridge to get something to eat. Uh, <laughs> But that was kind of where where it was and where it started to really hit and get the transformation to happen is um, back in 2015, I joined the volunteer firefighter for with St. Elmo and um, I went through fire academy and, and there's a few, if for those that don't understand the fire fire academy, uh, there's mazes that you have to fit through small holes and I wasn't a tiny guy. So uh, fitting through some of those holes and uh, actually it, it brought it to a mental challenge of actually, if I can't do this in a training, then how am I supposed to do it if I have to get out of a house in a real life scenario? Um, and to kind of build on that, I also visited the doctor the first time and he went, hey, you, you're at high risk for a for number of things and it runs in your family. Uh, I want to see you make a change so I can keep you off of the medicine. And that was right at the age of 30. Okay. Uh, 29, 30 here. Um, but that, that was whenever it started to hit home. Um, I lost a few, little bit of weight the first year from working out strength training. And that's actually where I started getting into running. I uh, had a 5k listed as a workout and my first 5k uh, took just under an hour to run. And back in high school, I used to run seven, eight minute miles and it kind of, it caught me off guard. And uh, one of my goals quickly became, I wanted to start running 5Ks and, and doing events and push myself. So um, I, that, that's where running started to come into it. The first year I lost 50, gained 25 pounds back, kind of did a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. uh, but the big year where the weight loss happened was Back in January of 2018, my wife and I found out we were pregnant after being married for seven years, and uh, instantly it hit, I don't want to be the fat dad and the out-of-shape dad, so <laughs> I, I dropped 100 pounds right then while my wife was uh, pregnant. <laughs> wow, so, amazing. So, so when normally the guys are gaining weight, I was literally chicken fish eating everything healthy and she's she's sitting there 
enjoying pregnancy and I'm, I'm trying to cut weight. <laughs> <laughs> How was that for you? Were you ever tempted during that time to kind of like, Hey, I'll have a scoop of that ice cream with you or uh, anything like that. Oh, there, there was, there was the dad tax started in, but I, I knew I had to work hard to uh, keep that off and, and I could enjoy little bits and pieces here, but yeah, I, I stuck to my, stuck to my guns and stuck to my plan. Good for and, you, man. It, I actually it, ran my first 5k and 6k in 2018 while she was pregnant. So wow. that was, that, that was pretty, pretty enjoyable. And that's where running started into, into my lifestyle. I love it. I love it. It's, it's one of those things where you had, you know, it sounds like you had a, you had a bunch of factors come together to kind of light a fire under your butt to get you moving. And then, you know, you started making the effort and putting in the work and you realized, man, this isn't what I used to be like back in high school, like running these, these quick miles. So, you yeah. know, like, all right, challenge accepted. Let's do this. Right. Uh, I, yeah. I kind of, I kind of compare it to uh, back in the, just thinking about a couple of quotes and that uh, the healthy, healthy man wants 10,000 things. The sick man only wants one. Yeah. And whenever you start focusing on that one thing and get really focused, magic's going to happen. So oh, absolutely. That, that that's where it kind of all came about. But yeah, I had multiple factors. I just needed to get healthy. <laughs> oh, for sure. So leading up to your first 5k, um, you know, how long had you been kind of running for that? Like what was your biggest distance prior to hitting the 5k? So 5k that, that was just, I just started running in my workouts and doing that weekly. And um, I started getting my 5k time down from an hour down to about 40, 45 minutes. And, and that's wow. whenever I just went, okay, it's time to, time to run. <laughs> and, and that's where I just found a local one and just went and it had a lot of Hills after I, after I ran it, I didn't realize how many, what, what I had signed up for, but it was a very hilly course. And there, there was a little bit of walking and running and just interval running. So yeah, into that. So those those hills can be killer for sure. Eh? You're you're cruising along, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, it's getting harder. I got to slow down here." Your heart rate jacks up a bit, and it's like, "Oh man." Think about carrying 370 pounds, 380 pounds, and running your first 5k. That, yeah, that's about right where I was. Oh my goodness, what the, what time of year was it when you ran that 5k? Uh, it was er, well, it was late spring, early summer. It was in May. Okay, okay. And I didn't run my next one until a week before uh, we had our had our daughter. And that one was probably one of my more memorable runs because it finished in uh, the outfield of uh, Bush Stadium in St. Louis. So you actually came into the stadium and finished on the stadium uh, turf. That's that's so, really cool. That's really cool. Well, they have a lot of people there at the finish line. Oh yeah, that one they had uh, everybody in the stands, and that was kind of a unique run too because they, so it was a children's network, and they had all the children's uh, miracle network standing on the side, and then it had bubble gum. But one of the worst, worst uh, things on a course you can have is water. They had a slip and slide about a oh, tenth no. of a mile before, <laughs> and then everybody was going go. <laughs> Like, uh, that's the worst idea but no that was a pretty memorable one i actually met one of my buddies that uh, i do triathlons with now at okay. that race him and i just started talking and now he's completed his first half so i, I mean friendships are are built through running 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Some of the greatest people I've met have been through running and, and other sports and things like that. And, you know, it's all like-minded people and it's, it's such um, a great environment to just get encouragement from complete strangers, even at times. And then you can't help yourself, but feel like you want to cheer on somebody you don't even know. And you see them working hard and sweating and, and yeah, I gotta, that's, yeah. that, that's one of the things that got me once I started running and doing five K's and triathlon was the environment. And if somebody's ever wondering whether they should start running or enter an event, the just everybody cheering for each other and everybody wanting to see each other do good. Everybody's they're suffering together, so to say, but I mean, it's, it's a different atmosphere than what I was really used to just sitting on the couch and not really having, having people that encourage the health and fitness. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such a great thing and, and it is really a unique experience. And if you haven't experienced it, you can't really, you know, understand it. I think you have to, you just have to be there and try yeah. it out, you know? Yeah, that's one of those things. So, um, you know, before we started recording the podcast, uh, you had mentioned to me that, you know, you're out there running and you had a, you have a saying on the back of your jersey. Why don't you share that with us and, and kind of the response so, you get from people? So uh, in triathlon, I had a custom kit done. And on the back, it says uh, failure is not an option. So with triathlon, you swim, bike and, and run. And uh, swimming, I'm pretty pretty strong swimmer biking. I mean, my first half Ironman, I did 19 and a half mile an hour bike over 56 miles. So that's, that's flying for a big guy. I was passing people, but, uh, on the run, everybody's passing me. Normally I don't do too much of the passing. So everybody, as they come around me, Oh, I needed that. I needed that. We're, we're five miles out. I really needed to see. Yeah. Failure is not an option. So it's, it's just awesome to have that on the back and just hear everybody needing that extra, extra drive. And I'm, I might be the slowest, one of the slower guys on the course, but I make it to the finish line. Yeah. And, and you know what, that's what it's all about, right? Because I always say it doesn't matter how far, how far or how fast you go, as, as long as you're doing it, you're a runner, you're, you're a triathlete, um, you know, and we all have our own starting points, right? So to, to see you and getting there and you're getting to the finish line and, and working hard is, is amazing. And I mean, for myself, like the idea of triathlon sounds cool, but, um, the swimming scares me. <laughs> so I, I tell you, man, like I can run, I can, I can cycle. Okay. I actually went out with my brother-in-law a couple of weeks ago for, for a ride. And he kind of, you know, he schooled me a few times there and I fell back. He dropped me quite a bit, but, um, <laughs> Yeah. It's just the swimming is so hard. It's so hard. So like you, it sounds like that's the, that's one of your but, strengths. So good for you, man. I'm a bit jealous on that one. See, I, I like the swimming because it's just kind of, it's solidarity because you just cut yourself. You can't really talk. You can't really cheer anybody on. You're just, okay, here's my distance and let's go. Yeah. Um, I mean, same way with the bike, but then the run, that's kind of like my social hours of, uh, I, I normally <laughs> have somebody that needs a rest and I get to tell my story while we're walking along the half half marathon distance and I kind of get to share my story and we jog a little bit off and on and then they they go right on. off on their own. Right on, man. That's that's amazing. You know what? It's just uh you're giving inspiration to people by being out there and then sharing your story, even more inspiration. And oh man, it's good stuff, dude. It's good stuff. So how did you how did you make the transition then from you know kind of kind of running to getting into triathlon? Is this like something you said, Hey, I'm good at swimming. I may as well kind of try this out or. Well, actually I was horrible at swimming to start. Oh, uh, 
<laughs> so um, basically, way I got into kind of looking at triathlon is one of my buddies, uh, Aaron Zamzow. He he he'd done a full Ironman uh, in his in building his uh, company up and that, and um, I'd seen it as something that yeah I'd like to do. Um, entered a indoor triathlon where it was all it was time swimming it was time so much of riding the bike and uh, then running so you swam for 10 minutes biked for 20 and ran for 15 and they just added up the distance and that's how they determined who got first second and third that's a cool format and, oh yeah it, it it's all indoors so it's all indoor pool indoor so they normally do these like at the end of winter when you really can't swim outside and it's too yeah. cold to bike and some people don't like to run but uh uh individual that I, I now train with he he done some free swimming sessions and basically cut my time of swimming uh 100 yards in half in oh, a matter wow. of six sessions so it got me very interested and made it made that vision possible i knew i enjoyed biking from from uh, childhood and that but yeah um then running i knew i could i could endure it <laughs> so so it, it's one of those everybody tells me there's one weakness out of three sports and if you can if you can manage your fitness for that one weakness and enjoy the other two you, you can you can finish triathlon so that's where i kind of got into it so and oh, actually man. the first time i ran a 10k was in a an olympic distance <laughs> triathlon <laughs> i never ran a 10k race nothing and signed up for an olympic and my buddy goes, you realize that's a 10K. Have you ever ran a 10K race? No, but guess I'll run it now. <laughs> I'm about to after going for a swim and a bike ride. <laughs> and same thing happened with the half marathon. First time I did a 70.3 was my first half half marathon run. You're kidding. No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, I mean, you must have, you know, a, a lot of courage there because that can be intimidating for, for somebody who's never actually hit that distance before, you know? Yeah, it, it is. It's but um it, it's just progression you just got to control control that that endurance of just your you knowing your limits and knowing okay i'm i'm at that heart rate i know where i can sustain and just sustain that over a long period of time and and once i started getting into triathlon i started getting into more of the data and watching mm -hmm. watching the different zone levels and and that and actually pulling apart training so and understanding my body a little better. And that's, that's really what's helped me through the half Ironman races. That's great. That's a great way to look at it too. I think, you know, once you, you can kind of fine tune your training and then really you said it is you, you get to know your limits and you know, your body and you know how it goes and, and you can, you can kind of use that to gauge how you're going to perform when you're out there on the field. Right. Yeah. And, and not every race is the same. Not every race is a PR day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, living in the Midwest, we get some pretty humid, humid uh, race. Well, pretty humid summers. And my first half Ironman distance, a seventy point three. It was a local race. It was done under one hundred and five heat index. Oh my so gosh. as soon as soon as I hit the half marathon, I started seeing my buddies going. It, it's going to be a four hour day. Just tell my wife when you see her at the finish line. Tell her it's going to be four hours. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not going to die. I'm going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right mindset, eh? Yeah. I'm going to finish. Just tell her to be patient. I'll get there when I get there. 
And, and you got to make it look good for the finish because otherwise the wife won't let you do it again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't show the pain. eh? <laughs> so true. So true, my man. Uh, so let me ask how many, how many, um, triathlons have you done in, in 70.3s altogether so far? So 70.3s I've done three. I've done only one official iron Ironman branded race. Sure. I've done two locals. Um, and then Olympics, I've done two and sprints. I've done four. Wow. So, so sprints are the shortest races. They're only like 400 meter swims and 13 mile bike and a 5k run for those yeah. that are interested in triathlon. Those are the entry level. That's, that's, that's what gets you hooked and gets you to go out and buy the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did. You ever see people who are, who are just, you know, doing their first triathlon in a distance similar to that and they're just you know you can tell because they don't have the right bike or whatever like because that's a big investment right oh the bike is a big investment and that's also my worst fear is because out of everything on on a triathlon that's the only thing that can keep me from not finishing because everything else is myself yeah <laughs> so yes i do see people i do see people in mountain bikes doing doing a, a uh, I see short shorter distances and I I did see a couple actually at the uh, half Ironman race which if that's that's your weak point and that gets you through the 56 miles I mean you have I think the first cutoff for the bike is five hours is okay. the bike cutoff so if you can get it within get the swim in an hour and bike it in four I mean whatever gets you there yeah <laughs> but sure. I I didn't really I didn't buy a tri bike until after I had my first year. I actually bought it used. Okay. Uh, I bought just a standard road bike, a trek, and then once I got hooked, I knew I wanted a tri bike, but I didn't want to go spend the high price tag. So I just watched Marketplace and ended up finding a good deal with actually racing tires. So I I, I got about <clears throat> a four thousand dollar bike and racing setup for twelve hundred bucks. So, that's a good deal. That's yeah. A good deal. Yeah. College kid looking to pay tuition, but <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, his, you know, his, his education is your gain, right? <laughs> yeah. Plus he, he, he already had his new bike. So, Oh, there you go. There you go, man. So let's talk a little bit about, um, your goal you have going on this year. Cause we, we, we touched on that again before we started recording. So you got a, you got a pretty good goal and I mean, you're having, you're having a great year running probably your best year. So, so far since you've started. So tell us a little bit about that, Josh. So, so I've had a few goals this year that have passed. I did the David Goggins four by four by 48. Where I ran oh, you did that, miles. eh? Yeah, oh, I did man. that. I ran 48 miles in 48 hours. That was my first, I guess you could consider it ultra run yeah. because it's over the marathon, yeah. uh, which was kind of kind of intimidating but after i got started it, it worked out then the next was a half iron man in ohio and now i'm focusing on the thousand mile challenge that i'm in uh, down with runwell down in edwardsville illinois and so far uh today i actually just crossed over 700 miles which takes me um over what i did last year i did about 640 miles total last year yeah so now i'm at I'm kind of at the highest, highest mileage I've put down in my journey. So, and every mile has been outside. 
So no treadmill work. Uh, I do have pictures of me in negative 30 degree weather out in uh, coveralls and walking the road uh, in front of my house just to get miles in. So <clears throat> it, it's kind of, it, it's fun to do the out, outdoor running because as, as, I, uh, as I've ran outdoors, I've went to different places as I was traveling by seeing students and that I, I stopped by and I've ran across the Mississippi River Bridge that I drove by nonstop and I just set it to where, hey, I need to, I know I need to run. I'm going to schedule my run for, to run that path just to, just to get out and see that part that I drive by all the time and, and different, different cases like that. So, yeah, that's, that's really neat because yeah, when you, when you go somewhere, you've driven by so many times and you're actually out there on your feet or even a bike, but you know, on your feet, it's just such a different perspective and you can kind of take in all these other details you would normally not see when you're just kind of zooming by in your vehicle. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's the fun part about running is yeah, you may drive by this somewhere multiple times a day, but until you actually, whether, whether it's biking or running, you see the world totally different as you're, as you're running and, and traveling through, yeah. um, seeing it in a car, you don't see something at 70 miles where you do doing four or five miles an hour. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just wanted to add, so your 700 miles that, that you've hit this year so far, if I convert that into kilometers, it's 1,120 kilometers for, for our friends who use a metric system and our Canadian listeners and stuff. So that's, that's, oh, so I've already hit a thousand. You've already hit a thousand, just not miles. <laughs> <laughs> that's it because so by the time you hit your thousand that'll be 1600 kilometers altogether man that's oh. pretty good it's, that's pretty darn good man it's about a third of a way to an oil change i guess if you're a vehicle <laughs> something like yeah. that but but that's remarkable so how how has the running been this year like you've you've run all of those miles out of doors through all the seasons your climate's probably similar to mine you got really cold winters and you know hot humid summers and wet wet soggy springs and and fall can be kind of anything really you know what i mean but uh so how's it been like have you had any hiccups have you had any like little injuries kind of pop up here and there luckily no That's not great. really because i i've been following a training plan to where it spread out my running quite a bit now that i'm focusing just on that i'm i'm doing three to four miles a day is what I'm shooting for just so nice. I can get that thousand miles in. And I've got some fitness and weight, weight training I want to do before I start my next goal. So, um, that that's luckily no, but as, as a couple of my buddies always ask it, it seems like the check engine light never kicks on until somebody goes, Hey, how's your shins doing? <laughs> it's like the whole next run you think about your shins and it's like, yeah, they kind of, they feel all right, but <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, luckily, no, I haven't had anything, but whenever I first got started, I did have a little bit of issues. Yeah. And once I figured out that the Walmart brand shoes don't really, don't really do good for running. And I actually did research and started getting into like the Hoka Ones and the Sakanese and actually getting into running shoes that made a difference. And that kind of took care of those injuries to where now I don't really get injured that much. Oh, that's great, man. So what, what are you currently running in right now? I love talking shoes. So, so right now I'm running in Hoka's, uh, the Clifton eights. I actually, okay. I'm, I'm waiting to get, grab another carbon X because I, I wore them out on training for two try well, two half Ironmans last year. Yeah. So I, I like the car, the Clifton's 
right now. Nice, nice. I, uh, I, I primarily run in ultras, like the zero drop, the wider toolbox shoes. But uh, man, last time I was in the store, I, I tried on a pair of Hoka's. I don't, I don't remember what model they were, but it was, it was very tempting, man. I think, I think I'm going to, my next pair might be Hoka's just to try them out because it was so comfortable. And I, I could definitely see me wearing those and definitely like the longer runs and things like that. And just have that level of comfort. Cause you know, if you yeah, can, I got, I got in at the Hoka sixes and they had a lot of bounce. And then for some reason, the sevens, whenever I wore out sixes, I got sevens and they didn't really have as much bounce. And I started wearing them down a lot quicker than I did the sixes. So I went back and like, okay, they got the eights out. I'll buy them, see what they do. And as soon as I took, tried them on the, the, uh, well, run well where I buy them, they they told me they said go run the block, you're, you're going to feel the difference. Yeah. If you had this, I had the sevens out in the car. They said go run the block, grab these eights, go run them, and they fix the shoe some way to where it has a little bit more of a bounce and a recovery. Okay. And and I can actually feel feel the recovery and the rollover on the shoe, so it it, it makes a difference. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Do you now comparing the sixes to the eights, which, which did you prefer? The, the eights have a lot more bounce and, and okay. roll than the sixes. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll just ignore the sevens. That was just a little blip. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the sevens, it's like they kind of rolled back a little bit and the eights yeah. went back forward. And I know that happens with some shoe models off and on. Yeah. I know, I know a bunch of people that, and you know, I've done it myself. Um, you know, when they keep, making out these new models of shoes but you find one that you really like it's like okay i gotta go i gotta go buy up a couple extra pairs because they're not going to make them anymore it'll be hard to find right so yeah as soon as they put them on clearances okay that's how many every sizes you have in that size i, I want yeah yeah that's what i do I, I hang around i always buy the older models because they go on clearance I'm like all right time to go buy new shoes <laughs> yeah oh man yeah that's good stuff man so do you, do you have a specific color palette you like to pick your shoes in or whatever whatever they have actually i don't really have a certain certain color i, I buy in because i i bought for first time ever i've bought a neon shoe i had uh, the uh Saucony, uh endorphin okay i bought one of those to try as a as a different brand just to see because since they didn't have carbon x's i like to have two pairs of shoes to kind of one for longer runs and one more for recovery and sure um for some reason, my foot didn't fit well in the Saucony. I know people that love them, but mine, mine didn't agree. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really have a favorite color, but my tri kits, uh, camouflage, camouflage green. So nice. Really, really, uh, any color works. <laughs> Nobody would see you coming in that kit, man. Like, what was that? <laughs> I felt some wind. Well, well that, that's that's Where's the joke Josh? I got. <laughs> is if i make it through the swim and the bike and if i fall over on the run nobody's gonna find me just just know if i didn't cross i'm out there somewhere <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you gotta get like the what's it called man the uh the the, the gun that uh picks the up flares the yeah 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 get some flares or something or the heat signature gun and look for you in the bushes <laughs> so let me ask um going back to your volunteer firefighting since you've you've lost this weight. So you started out around 425 and you're sitting at 300 right now. So that's, that's a significant amount of weight loss. And, you know, um, how's that affected your, your performance at work and training and things like that? So uh, I'm able to do a lot more in the fire service. 
Um, right now, my full-time job is teaching, so I, right. I really don't do too much strenuous. But on the fire ground, I'm allowed. Uh, I'm doing a lot more. Um, we had a call not too long ago, a structure fire, and I was actually in the attic. To where whenever oh, wow. I was at 425, I wouldn't have been in the attic. Right. Uh, that wouldn't have been a spot for me. But uh, I'm I'm able to do a lot more and and trust the equipment, trust the lat being on a ladder. At 400 pounds, I wasn't wasn't able to really trust the ladder that. Yeah, they're supposed to hold 400 pounds, but when you're filling them bow, that's not really a good feeling. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so it's kind of allowed me to do a lot more and and even running and doing a lot more cardio and doing interval running, it helps me recover on the fire ground because we're not always constantly 100% working. It's more of a up, down, up, down, heart rate increase, decrease. So when we go into rehab to actually get checked out to make sure we're doing all right, I'm able to go back on the fire ground a lot quicker because of them trainings. My heart's already used to, okay, it's time to recover. You're not doing anything. Yeah. So, so I can pass people in recovery and some of the guys that may, may be a little bit fitter than me and we get checked out and we'll get checked out every five, 10 minutes while we're in there and I may sit there for five, 10 minutes and we're out. Yeah. Somebody else may sit there for 15, 20 and they're sitting, they're sitting watching everybody else have fun and put the fire out and get to use our training while I'm back at the fire scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great added benefit actually. And I'm sure some guys are kind of scratching their heads going, how is this happening? Is Josh out there already before me, you know, and it's just, it just goes to show you, man, the, the, the training and the work, it pays off. And, you know, when you start working that hard and, and you're dropping weight and stuff though, you, you really, you feel the differences before you see them. Right. Yeah. And then when you start to see them, that's just kind of like a, a nice side effect, but it's really, you know, the way you can perform and stuff is so super important. And I'll be honest with you, Josh, that's something I struggle with myself. Cause when I was in my mid mid twenties, I used to do a lot of bodybuilding and stuff. And it was all just like, Hey, how does this look? How does that look? Right. And, and now, you know, I'm 40 years old and, you know, a little bit of extra around the, around the waist and stuff. And it's hard to lose when you get to that age, but it's like, I got to remind myself, you know what, I'm still, I'm performing better now than I did in my twenties. And that's, what's more important. And then, than the way the physique looks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that greatly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, but it's, it's just one of those things you just remind yourself, right? Like I'm, I'm performing well, I'm doing better. And, and the other thing is too, right? Like we're both fathers and, and we've got an example to give to our children. Right. And, and like just this morning before we got on, um, I was out there in the garage on the treadmill, you know, my three kids are at home, my wife's at work. So I'm like, okay, we'll just, we'll just hang out in the garage today. I'll go on the treadmill. I had my, uh, my 11 year old, he was up on the, on the stepping machine. He did 2,500 steps on there. And then my eight-year-old was doing a little bit of rowing. And then I had my five-year-old out in the driveway riding her bike and getting in some, some movement. So it's great. And it becomes part of our daily routine. So they don't even actually think anything of it, right? They don't bat an eyelash. Yeah. Hey, let's go out to the Dude. garage and get some work. And they're like, okay, let's go. That, that's like me running out in front of the house. I'll text my wife if we're going somewhere. Hey, I'm about done. When Once I get to the house, we're, we're good to go. And uh, she's got to the point now to where whenever I'm, I'm coming up on my last last running down and back because i've got a six tenths of a mile uh, lane but uh she'll actually get my daughter out there and my daughter's yeah go dad and she'll run out and give me a high five as i'm finishing and it just it feels good and whenever i tell her I, i've got to go run she you run 
run so she know she's only getting ready to turn three but she's already grasped the concept and uh she actually did iron kids out in ohio oh no way official. yeah so we uh we done the iron kids and they were doing like little kids workouts of stretching and that and uh we're back in the back and she's looking at me going like you told us we were gonna run <sighs> and all these kids are doing ymca and that like okay let's just do some running back here in the back so we're running up and down the track until they they release the kids and uh she actually got first out of the girls in in the smaller age group is only 70 no. yard running so oh, congratulations yeah, her. that's so awesome she, she ran through through and got first for the girls but the second place one my wife's like second place was right behind but she was being dragged by her mom so <laughs> you, <laughs> <laughs> to where I was walking back in the back of the pack just watching Lucy run yeah and I was letting her do it herself and she crossed the finish line and was looking for me I'm like oh I'm right here you uh, you, you did what you were supposed to so <laughs> sounds like she's got some of her daddy's grit and determination eh oh yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to once she gets in school and seeing seeing what what she does because she we we go and watch sports here off and on softball volleyball and she's already show an interest in being active so it's it's exciting to watch her and you know that probably firsthand too seeing the kids oh, yeah. grasp fitness and yeah. grasp grasp being a part of a a a group you could say uh, like-minded <laughs> yeah hell yeah, absolutely absolutely i know you know there's the different stages as they grow up too you know when my when my kids were younger ended up um buying a jogging stroller just you know from a from a used shop or whatever and i still have it hanging in my garage right now um hard to let it go because it's been through so many runs with me and my kids you know and and they've all kind of had their turn in the jogging stroller and uh it was it was a way for me to get out and run and you know still be at home with the kids and still be able to get in my activity this is before my treadmill days right so i was like okay i'm either going to run up and down the stairs for 20 minutes or run around the house which i've done before because you know the kids are sleeping or whatever and or it's like hey you guys want to go with daddy in the in the stroller and you know stop off at a park somewhere halfway through let them play so they're not too bored and go and oh, a lot of great memories there and then you know as they get older it's like okay they'll get on their bike you know from training wheels to no training wheels and they'll just ride right along me as i run and and just do all that and and my son now, my eight-year-old this year, um, we signed up for, um, there's a town just south of us called the uh, city of Brampton and their uh, Royal Canadian Legion did a, a 5k run uh, for, for our veterans. So I signed us up there and he ran his first 5k and got a medal and stuff. It was pretty awesome. Oh, pretty congrats. Awesome. Yeah, man. So, you know, to be able to do that is, is great. Just different stages of them growing up and being part of that. Right. And seeing that. So, so I'm sure you and your daughter got a lot of great memories ahead of you to, to be had on top of what you already do have. Yeah, that's what after we got done done uh running our well running my half half Ironman, we got back to our club tent and uh my my wife's like, here Lucy, here's your medal from the Iron Kids event. So we've got a picture of us both holding our medals and Amazing. at one point I'm looking to see what she's doing with hers and she's looking at mine like oh, <laughs> we got one too <laughs> and that's probably one of my favorite pictures from Ohio is we're both looking like oh you got one <laughs> that's a great one man is that one up on your Instagram account uh I think I do have that one up there yeah <laughs> I'll have to scroll through and look for that one that's a great one I like it oh man that's good stuff so after you hit your thousand miles for the year um 
do you, what are your plans beyond that? Are you like, um, do, you, do you have another goal for this year or are you looking beyond into 2022? I, I'm more starting to look at 2022, uh, lose a little bit of weight, get a little bit more muscle. And then from, because you always have to have uh, with triathlon, it takes up a lot of time. The wife and I have agreed to do a full Ironman eventually. So next nice. year, it looks like possibly doing a full uh, I was actually looking at Wisconsin, but because it was going to fall on 9-11, yep. but they moved the date. So they moved it to June. So now it's looking at the course going, okay, what's the toughness and what's the easiness? So it looks like it may end up being Florida or Maryland. And the way it sounds, the wife likes Florida over Maryland. So <laughs> who does? Who doesn't? No so, offense to Maryland. <laughs> so, so uh, if the wife... With, with it having to be a, 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 a group decision, it's probably going to be Florida. And that's because the wife likes uh, Panama City and it is a flat course. So, uh, and go. I'll enjoy that extra buoyancy from the ocean swim. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Eh? <laughs> any any, any uh, advantage you can get, you got to take it. Eh? Yeah. And that, that's something that uh, I know some people wonder how, how do you have time? Well, it takes, if, if you're married and have kids, it takes a lot of working together with your yeah. spouse. I, I know my wife probably doesn't get as much credit as, as I do for getting my achievements, but she's the one that puts up with, with the waking up at five, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. And I'm already two hours into a bike ride or a run and she won't see me until 11 in the morning. And mm. then she goes and does her fitness. So, I mean, it's it takes two and that's what i i tell anybody that's looking at iron man events whether it be a half or a full make sure your spouse is on board and don't just go up and go hey we're going to do this and this is a location um get their input because it does take a lot of a lot of time i uh i actually have one of the more aggressive training plans um i do anywhere from 15 to 20 hours but that's because of my my schedule in the summertime whenever I can ramp up, I'm not teaching. So I can do that 15 to 20 hours yeah. through the middle of the week. Um, now this one looking at Maryland and Florida, they're November and October races. So that I'm going to have school I'm going to have. So I'll probably dial that training hours back and it'll be more, more uh, locked in training as to intervals and things like that. So, yeah. It, it does take a lot to train for the endurance races. It does. Time time is is a very hot commodity, especially when you've got a family and a marriage to have to consider as well. And uh, Mrs. Falk, I'm just going to say you have a very smart husband where he's 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 giving you the credit that you deserve. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't do an interview like this without giving her the credit. It's so true, though. You know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that that's that's the thing. It takes a a dedicated and that's kind of what we've already talked about too. And I, I don't want just to be one and done. Yeah. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of, lot of athletes and a lot of triathletes out there that they do it once and okay, I done it, checked it off my bucket list. I'm done. Yeah. So as we go to different places, um, I tell her, if you like this place, we'll find, we'll find an Ironman close and three to four years after my first one, we'll do her again just not every year yeah so, you got to spread it out a little bit and plus with the time constraints and stuff you got to make it realistic eh? yeah and, and that's like 
we've looked at that one. I did a race in Chattanooga this this uh, this well during the summer, and actually Chattanooga has a full Ironman and it's sponsored by Little Debbie. She's like, if Little Debbie sponsors it, that should be a good good race. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wonder what their medals look like. <laughs> have some ho-ho and ding-dongs at the finish line that that that's right motivation hey i don't need a banana give me a ding-dong please (laughs) oh that's good stuff man and right and do it doing a distance like that an event like that you can certainly afford a little bit extra sugar right yeah i do triathlon to uh to kind of to accommodate for my cheat days (laughs) yeah absolutely man It's, it's nice okay i'm gonna you know, I got a cheat day coming up or companies coming over, you're having a barbecue or something. And it's just like, all right, I'll put in a little bit extra work or just crank up the intensity a little bit just to make up for it. You know, do a couple extra miles. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's something we all, all of us runners kind of live by. Eh? It's like, all right, how far do I have to run to eat like two donuts? <laughs> <You know? laughs> calories in calories out, right? Keep it simple. Yep. Deficiency. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right, my man. That's right. Josh, I got to say, man, it's, it's been a great time chatting with you and, and your story is, is absolutely remarkable, man. And I want to wish you all the best on, on your continued journey and everything and stay safe out there when you're responding to fires and, and trying to save lives and property and, uh, you know, appreciate, appreciate all the hard work you do out there, man. And, uh, again, you guys, if you want to check out Josh, you can, uh, look up crackle magazine online and Josh, why don't you share with us your Instagram handle if people want to connect with you through there. So my Instagram and Facebook both is uh, Josh Folk, the journey, and that's J-O-S-H-F-U-L-K, and then the journey. I know there's multiple ways of spelling my last name, so just so you have the right one. <laughs> Perfect. I appreciate that, and I'll actually put it like a link to that in the show notes when I post the uh, when I post the show, so it'll be able able to just click on it and take you right there. Okay. Thank you. All right, Thanks Josh. Thanks for having me, Sean, and it was nice talking with you. Absolutely. I've got actually one last thing I'd like to say to you, and that is to run wild, my friend. Thank you. And that's a wrap on another great episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast. Thanks so much, everybody, for your continued support and always listening to the show and, and investing your time and energy uh, with me here. really do appreciate it. If you want more Trail Tales ARP or if you want to help support our show, uh, please subscribe to us on any podcast uh, player that you listen to. Leave us a review, rate us, follow us on Instagram. Uh, send the show an email, trailtalesarp at gmail.com. And tell your friends, we'd really appreciate it.